gifts of the spirit, speaking in tongues and all those things that are in the word of God. We're bringing those things back and turning our church from just a seeker sensitive church into being a spirit filled church. Amen. Tremendously fruitful in our lives is what we've been focused on all year long that God has chosen us to be fruitful. He said, you just think you chose me. You didn't choose me. God said, but I chose you and I anointed you and appointed you to go and to bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Amen. So you're appointed, you're anointed, you got the goods. God's got his hand on you for you to bear fruit in your life. And he says that our father is glorified when we bear much fruit. Amen. Can we help her in the nursery? You know, we have a little room right here where you can take her in there if she's having a hard time. Bless her heart. (laughs) You'd take her right into the little nursery room right there where there's some toys for her to play with. I know it's hard on a little one to just sit still. That's good. Good, good, good. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So uh, where was I? We're bearing fruit and our fruit is remaining. And God is glorified when we bear much fruit. So we've been pressing into this this theme of fruitfulness all year long. And then now we're focusing on this for the second week, the power of my thanksgiving and unleashing the power of my thanksgiving. Well, I'll tell you, this um, year has been tough in that since February, we got the location over here um, and, and uh, we've been paying for it as we've been getting it ready. But I'm telling you, it seems like there's been one thing after another thing after another thing coming up to where you feel like, man, what am I doing wrong? What, what is all this? And you have to shift your thinking into it's not what I'm doing wrong. It's what I'm doing right. You know, Joseph had to think. You know, he didn't ask for that coat of many colors. But he had that coat of many colors and his brothers were jealous. And his brothers took him and uh, took his coat off of him, stripped it off of him, threw him in a pit. And then sold him into slavery. To some cousins, the Ishmaelites that came by, sold him to his cousins. Cousins took him on into Egypt where they sold him and gave him away um, as a slave in, in Egypt. Now, he's supposed to be this favored son who's going to rule and has got an anointing to lead. He dreams about it all the time, being a great leader, people bowing down to him. I'm sure he had to think, what did I do wrong? I'm, I'm a slave now. Instead of being this person ruling, I'm being ruled over. What's going on? What's going on? I must be doing something wrong. And then, of course, while he's in Potiphar's house, serving, doing well, and Potiphar turns everything in his house over to him because he, he didn't even know what he had coming in or going out. He just left it all in Joseph's hands because he was such a capable leader and a caretaker of his household. But then um, Potiphar's wife got hot and decided she wanted him. And Joseph said, how can I do this to my God? How could I do this? And so she, she's trying... Murray's in shock over here. No, no, but she grabs hold of his garment and he runs away and leaves his garment behind. Now he's naked. Yes. And so then she accuses him of rape because, you know, she, she, she just was a wicked woman. She accuses him of rape and he gets thrown now into prison. You know, Joseph has to be thinking, what am I doing wrong here? And every step that seemed to take him back was really taking him a little bit forward and a little bit closer to where God had for him to go. So if you've been going through some stuff since the first of the year, join the club. <laughs> you're in good company. You know, the uh, the devil spoke to me the other day. You're in over your head. 
Because, I mean, literally, almost in over our head over water, leaks in the roof. It's been one thing after another. He says, you're in over your head. I said, yeah, you're right. I am in over my head. So was Abraham when he couldn't have a baby because he was old. You know, so was Daniel in the lion's den. He was in over his head. So was Jonah in the belly of a whale. He was literally in over his head, but he cried out to God and God delivered him. Amen? Amen. So being in over your head is a good thing. Whenever it seems like things are going wrong, you just better know that that one day... Pharaoh's going to call for you to come out. Amen. And you'll be set up in your place of rulership. God is pushing you to the place you need to be for the vision for your life to come to pass. Because it was there that he ruled all of Egypt. (coughs) The Pharaoh said, only this ring separates your power from mine. I am the, the Pharaoh over Egypt, but you are running things. And all the dreams that he had for running things came to pass. And people were saved alive. He said, you know what, brothers? I forgive y'all for doing what you did. You meant it for harm, but God meant it for good. Ooh, God will even cause people to go sideways. People that you love to go sideways and get disrespectful and and all kinds of stuff. But But he will use it for your good. Amen. He will use it for your good. Come on, somebody. He will use it. He said, you meant it for harm, but God meant it for good so that people could be saved alive. So that's what I say about, you know, since the beginning of this year, it's been tough. But you know what? I just keep on going. And then last week, I just got a a revelation as I I wanted to see it. Have you ever just wanted to sit in the floor and cry? I want to just sit in the floor and cry. And then when Pastor Robert almost fell through the roof and, and we got a huge hole, not a little hole, but a huge hole, I thought this would be the time to sit down on the floor and cry. This would be the time. But I didn't. I just continued to praise. And every chance I get, I slip up on that stage and I begin to sing, To God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. For the things he has done. (laughs) You just take a moment and just begin to praise him for what he's already done. Praise him for what he's doing right now. And then praise him with thanksgiving for what you know he's going to do. Why? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did it before, he'll do it again. If he did it for somebody else, he's no respecter of persons and he's got to do it for me. Hallelujah. So there's a building grace on my life. I don't care how much of the ceiling falls in. It's going back up in Jesus' name. I'll put it back up faster than it can fall down. And before it's over with, we'll have a whole brand new roof. Amen. Amen. You just got to be determined and press in. And right before breakthrough is the time that you got to press the hardest. But then everything just gives way and it all moves forward all at the same time. Woo, that's how I feel about that roof being fixed this week and about Brother Steve coming down and painting our roof. Glory to God. We just took some giant steps forward. How you like that, devil? (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. So let's talk about the power of our thanksgiving. So number one, praise and thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is an expression of gratitude, especially to God. How many times do we complain and fuss about our situation instead of thanking God for what we have? You can't look and say the glass, the glass is half empty. You have to say it's half full and it's on its way to being overflowing. I'm going to have to drink out the saucer because my cup overflows just like God said it would. Amen. So you have to change your attitudes, change your perspective, change your focus and stop looking at what's wrong and start focusing on what's possible. 
Amen. And that'll, that'll uh, cause thanksgiving to come up in your heart. It's readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. So number one, we should give thanks and praise in every situation. Even when things look bad, even when things look down, even when it looks like you're in over your head, give them some thanks and some praise. Because we can be thankful regardless of our situation or our circumstances. I can still find something to be grateful for. First Thessalonians 5, 18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So he doesn't say give thanks for every circumstance, but give thanks while you're in it. Amen. Psalm 151 through 6, it says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty firmament or under the open skies. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and the harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. God likes noise, doesn't He? Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. It don't even matter if you can sing real good. Just make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Hallelujah. And that word praise means halal. It means to shine, to make a show, to boast, to be clamorously foolish, to rave, to celebrate, to sing, and to rage. It means to just just go all out, to just throw yourself in the floor, to run and jump and throw yourself against the wall. It means like just let God have it all. Don't hold anything back. Amen. Y'all looking at me like, really, Pastor Sally? No, I'm telling you, we could take our praise up a notch. We're a little bit reserved. I love seeing Pastor Robert run this way and back this morning. Praise just jumped all in him, and he just decided to, to give God a praise that was a little extra. Yeah, come on. Sometimes we need to be extra. Hallelujah. With our praise, God wants extra. Come on, say it. Extra. Give him some extra today. So when we're grateful and we're worshipful people, Powerful, supernatural forces from heaven are unleashed. So when we really praise Him, when we give Him thanks and praise, it releases the power of heaven. So A, praise is not what you do after the victory. Praise unlocks the victory. Hallelujah. So stop waiting for things to go right to praise and start praising Him anyhow right now. Give Him a sacrifice of praise. So praise will unlock the victory. If if faith is a train, then praise is the engine. But many times we put it at the caboose. So if praise is a train, or if faith is a train, praise is the engine. But many times we put praise as the caboose. We're waiting for something good to happen so we can praise. No, we go ahead and praise ahead of time and that'll cause something great to happen. Amen. Kenneth Copeland says that praise is the big gun of faith. Now, we know Kenneth Copeland knows about faith. He's a faith man, and he knows the word of faith. And he says that praise is the big gun of faith. When you begin to praise, that's when you're there. Amen. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about what? Anything but in? By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So, so you want to, by prayer and petition, with? Thanksgiving, present your request to God. So don't focus more on your need than God's ability and desire to bless you. B. Did I put blanks on that one for you? Did I put B down? Is it there? Don't focus more on your need than God's ability and desire to bless you. Did did I leave it blank for you? Okay. All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. Because I I forgot to put blanks on mine. So you want to pray like you know he wants to bless you. We don't come with begging prayers. 
We don't come with pitiful prayers, sad face down prayers. No, we go into his gates with thanksgiving. We march right into his courts with praise, praising him and thanking him because we know who he is. We know how he likes to bless us. He said, be, be fruitful and multiply. I'm here to multiply, God. I'm here to be blessed, God. I'm here to receive my blessing because I know that you got a good future and a good hope on your mind for me. So we go in with blessing. We go in with thanksgiving. We don't go in crying. Amen. Now, sometimes that you just... You know, he's touched with the feeling of our infirmity. We have a high priest who knows what it's like to go through stuff. We know that. We know that. But there's more power in our praise and more power than our thanksgiving. We have to decide, are we going to be powerful or pitiful? Because we can't be both. Amen. All right. So uh, uh, praise and prayers should be equal in your prayer time. That you praise and you pray. If you do all praying and no praise, the balance is not equal. But when you equal that thing up, then you got some power. See, when your praise equals your prayers, power is released into your circumstance. See, you got to go ahead and start praising God now. So remember that in your prayer time now. Mix more praise and more thanksgiving in with your petitions. Because we come to God with our list and, oh, God, I don't know what I'm going to do if you don't fix this. You know, prayer is praying the word of God, knowing what his will. We, we have this confidence in him. We know that if we ask according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, we know we have the petitions that we've asked. So we can go in thanking him because I know the word. I know how to pray his word. And as I pray his word, I come in thanking him because I know that you want me to have it, God. Amen. So you gotta put as much praise as, as, as you do prayer. It's like a, a scale. You know how a scale, if it's too heavy on one side, this side goes up? So you gotta make sure that your prayer and your praise balances. Amen. That's good word right there. So scared or begging prayers can never release that kind of power. Number two, there's a connection between thanksgiving and faith. A connection between it. Jesus gave thanks for the five loaves and the two fish. Before there was the multitude being fed with five loaves and two fish. He gave thanks for it. John 6, 11. And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had what? Given thanks. He distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down. And likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. So it started with Jesus giving thanks for it. So his faith was able to produce the overabundance. Um, because he gave thanks. He was thankful for the five and the two. Amen? So we look at the five and the two and say, what are we going to do? <laughs> See, God already knows what he's going to do. He's Jehovah Jireh. Otherwise, he could not call himself that. Right. He could not put it in the word if he wasn't a provider. Right. Come on now. So you got to go to him knowing that he's able to multiply. And now my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. He is Jehovah Jireh. There is a ram in the bush somewhere for me. Hallelujah. So he, he, so his thanks turned a not enough meal into an overabundance event. Turned it into a more than enough event. Praise God. So when he raised Lazarus from the dead, the first thing he did was thank God for hearing him. John eleven forty one through 44. Father, I thank you. What did he say? I do what? I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. So now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. Hallelujah. So 
when Jesus thanked God for hearing him, he thanked God first before the great miracle. So, so thanks and faith are connected together. When you're using your faith, use thanks along with it. Amen. All right. Luke 17, 14 through 19. This is the account of the 10 lepers who stood afar off and cried out to Jesus to help them. They had to stand afar off because if you had leprosy, you were banished, right? You couldn't come around regular folk because it was highly contagious and other people would get it. So um, they stood afar off and just yelled out to Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on us. Help us and heal us. Jesus just said, go show yourselves to the priest, which was what you did to see if you had leprosy or you didn't have leprosy. You show yourself to the priest. priest and say, you got leprosy. You got, you got to go. Spit three times and turn around. You got to go. So, um, so they, they, the 10 of them left to go show themselves to the priest. And as they went, it was a, it was an act of faith because they sure enough had leprosy. It was an act of their faith. They went and, uh, they went to show themselves to the priest. And as they went, they were healed. Look at, look at this. Luke 17, 14 through 19 it says, and so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, y'all come on, say one of them. When he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice, oh, come on, he was throwing himself against the wall. He was throwing himself on the ground. He was happy. He'd been banished for how long? Away from his family, away from uh, just other people. He could only hang out with other sick folk. Come on, that'd be depressing, wouldn't it? For how many years wearing the same clothes and, and, and eating whatever they could get to eat, not having your family, wondering what your children look like. I mean, not being able to, I mean, how, how would that feel? And suddenly you see that you're clean, you're cleansed. But he goes back and with a loud voice, he glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Weren't ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Were not any found? He said, well, where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? So the other ones must have been Jews, and this one Samaritan came back. And the Jews and Samaritans, you know, they didn't have nothing to do with each other. But just this one foreigner. And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. So this word whole there is different from whenever they said that they were healed. That was a whole different word. So to be healed and to be whole are two different things. Because we know you got leprosy, you lose your ears, you lose your nose, you lose fingers, you lose, you lose, you lose parts. Well, this man was made whole. His faith made him whole. And he came back. It was a, it was a, a thanksgiving that he gave to Jesus that caused him to be made whole when the others just got cleansed and went back, you know, without their stuff. Amen. So look at this picture I found today. Uh, do you have the picture, Jennifer? Did I put it? This is hilarious. Look, you got this one. Sure, my leprosy is healed, but I'm still ugly. What I really need is a new coat. I could do with a lift back to town. Oh, great. Now I got the hiccups. And they're going on their way back home. But look, there's that one leper who went back to find Jesus and and give him thanks and praise. So we can't be grumbling and complaining. Amen. Even after we get good things from God, sometimes we have a propensity to grumble and complain. So number three, grumbling and complaining is a strength zapper and it displeases God. So you got to wipe complaining out. You know, you can get in a habit. Your brain actually shifts when you start complaining. You get into a habit of complaining and you look for negative things to say. 
It becomes a habit, and you've got to break that habit. You've got to catch yourself. I've caught myself sometimes about to say something. I turn it around and turn it into something good, turn it into something positive. So grumbling and complaining, it zaps your strength. Everybody, y'all remember those bug zappers? Do they still have those bug zappers? They, you know, and when a bug hits it, bzz, bzz. Yeah, but now, so when, you know, when you complain, just you ought to hear bzz, in the spirit. Bzz. I just zap my own strength. Zzz. Zzz. Lit you up. You lit yourself up right there. Zapped your own strength. Numbers 11, 1, it says, Now the people complained about their hardship in the hearing of the Lord. Whoo, that'll tighten you up right there. They complained about what? Their hardships in the hearing of the Lord. You think God can't hear you? He knows what you're thinking before you say it. He knows every thought afar off, every word on your tongue yet unuttered. He knows already that you're going to say it. So he complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord. He's listening. And you zap your own strength in the hearing of the Lord. And when he heard them, his anger was aroused. Then fire from the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. You know, we ought to all be glad we're not living in Old Testament days anymore, that we have grace. Because God didn't feed him full around with people back then. You know what? Y'all have made me mad. Uh, fire. We, we, you know, a lot of it, we'd already be burned up, wouldn't we? We better praise God that for grace. Hallelujah. Thank God for Jesus who stands between us and the... What we deserve. Nehemiah 8.10, it says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So you got to get glad in God. Get the joy of the Lord and you're feeling down, you're feeling low. Come on, start to thank Him and praise Him. Turn that thing around. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't say, I'm going down, I'm tired, I'm burnt out. Um, you know, don't say that. Say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Let the weak say, I am strong. Amen. Isaiah 12.3, therefore with Joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Put a circle around joy. In fact, draw a bucket around the word joy. Draw a little bucket around that word right there. Why? Because joy is your bucket. You got no joy. You got nothing to dip out of the wells with. You got to have joy. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. It's what you dip with. If you got no joy, you can't dip it in there. Y'all taking too long drawing in buckets. Now stop. I'm, t- I'm preaching good and y'all still drawing buckets. It takes, look, go one, two, three, four. Done. Y'all taking too long. That's right. Y'all trying to shade and put light and come on now. We're preaching here. With joy, you will draw from the wells of salvation. You got no joy. You got nothing to dip with. If you're down and you're tired and you, you can't get nothing positive to come out of your mouth, you got nothing to dip with. You got to get some joy. I thank God that he supplies all my needs. I thank God that he's my provider today. I thank God that he's my healer today. He's made me whole and delivered me today. I thank God he's perfecting that which concerns me today. I thank God that he's healed my mind today. I thank God that the devil is defeated. I thank God that depression can't live all my life. I thank God that anxiety has got to go. You got to get some joy and start dipping out of the wells. It belongs to you by your covenant. You have a covenant in the blood of Jesus Christ. You have a covenant with God. It belongs to you. Start dipping. Slap your neighbor across the head and say, you need to start dipping. Amen. (laughs) Hebrews 12, 2. Look at this. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our our faith, who for the joy, 
that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He was able to look past the cross, look past the shame, look past being naked hanging on a cross. He was able to look past getting whipped and beaten. He was able to look past getting his beard pulled out. He could look past getting spit on in his face. He was looked at, he was able to look past all the ugly things they said to him. He was able to look because he focused past all the mess and all the junk to the joy that was set before him. What's the joy? You, 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 all of us. That was the joy set before him. If I can make it through the end of this, look at the joy that they're all going to have. Look at them. Look at them. Look at the brothers and sisters. Look at the glory I'm going to bring to the Father. Hallelujah. So look past the junk. Look past the mess to the joy that's set before you. Amen. Romans 4, 20 through 21. Talking about, about uh, Abraham. Oh my gosh, this is so powerful. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. As he gave glory to God, he was strengthened in faith. Do y'all see that right there? So as he's giving glory to God, strength starts to come on him. His faith started to be strengthened. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Number four, when we praise him, his presence shows up. This is good. When we praise him, his presence shows up. It's got to be a real praise, though. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm not saying that God doesn't like fake praise. But I think he probably prefers when it's really stirred up from our hearts. You know, just think about the mercy. Just focus on the mercy of God for a second. When you think about the people who didn't make it out of some of the stuff you made it out of. Think about some of the people who are already on the other side, and you'll see when you get there, that you've made it past some stuff. Think about the mercy and the grace of God in your own life, and you got a reason to get happy and get, you know, and get thankful. Acts 16, uh, 25 through 26, it says, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. We talked about them last week. Paul and Silas had, had gotten uh, arrested and beaten uh, with rods, They, you know, for doing what God told them to do. They cast a demon out of a, out of a girl, doing what God told him to do. Paul was greatly annoyed. He turned around and said, come out of her in Jesus' name. And so when the girl could not tell fortunes anymore, then uh, they got upset with them and, and told on them. And so then they got arrested uh, for just for casting a demon out of a girl. So they whipped them, stripped them naked, put them in the inner dungeon, and it's cold. Their feet were even in stocks. They couldn't even move from where they were. They had to just stand in one spot, freezing cold. And the Bible says about midnight, Paul and Silas shifted. They shifted from being upset about their situation. Because you know, Paul had, Silas probably said, Paul, I told you to leave that girl alone. I told you, why did, why did you fool with her? I told you just let her alone. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be in this mess. Uh, if you, you just better wish my foot, you better be glad my foot is chained up because I'd be kicking you all up in your head right now. No, but they, you know that's what they wanted to do. I mean, you know, that's human nature, right? We all got a human nature, right, that we have to battle and fight. So somehow they won that battle, and they began to pray, you know, we all right. We, you know, we were doing what we were supposed to do. They got it together, and they began to praise God. They began to, and the other prisoners heard them. Let's read it. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. 
so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. There's some stuff you need to just praise off of you. There's some chains that need to be broken. Just praise them broken. Just praise them until they break off. Praise, there's some doors you got to praise open. Woo! All the doors were open because of their praise and because of their prayers and so they had the balance together there in that prison so i'm telling you you got some doors that are shut in your life you need some doors to be open he said i'll go before you and open up the double doors then why aren't you praising i thank you god that the double doors of favor are open for me you're you're making the crooked places straight you're lifting up the valleys and you're bringing down the mountains hallelujah i declare every door open in jesus name come on does it say the door's open or doesn't it come on things that are holding you back things that have you chained down you need to praise them chains off of your life. Praise that deliverance down. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm 67, 5 through 7. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Then the earth shall yield her, yield her increase. What does that say? Whoo, you're looking for increase in your life? What does that say? Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. Hallelujah. So when you start praising, earth starts yielding up the increase that you're looking for in your life. You better get your hands up and tell God thank you right quick. Psalm 22, 3, it says, but... But thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. He inhabits your praises. God comes on the scene when you praise. He sits on a throne in the midst of your praise. Come on, that's what, that's the atmosphere that God chooses to come into. That's the atmosphere of heaven as the angels never cease to cry. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. So you need to just start to sing and bring the atmosphere of heaven right down into your life, right down into your job, right down into your kids school right down into your situation right down into your family right down into your neighborhood in your city in your church just begin to pray the atmosphere of heaven down praise it down hallelujah he inhabits the praises of his people zephaniah 317 the lord your god in your midst the mighty one will save he will rejoice over you with gladness i love that he will quiet you with his love he will rejoice over you with singing Wow, I never thought about that. I wonder what the singing voice of God sounds like. If we're made in his image and in his likeness, and when I think about how Sister Kim can sing, think about where that came from out of God. Think about what his voice is going to sound. When we get to hear him singing, I thought the other day, I'm just going to slip up a prayer that says, Father, can you just let me hear your singing? Just get a little preview, just a little preview. Ooh, I want to hear the song that he sings over us, don't you? Wouldn't you want to hear the song that he's singing over you right now, over your life? He's singing good stuff. I'm telling you he's singing good. He will quiet you with his love. Oh, that's good. Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. You want to get into the presence of God? Thank him. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Second Chronicles 5, 13 through 14. Um, indeed, oh my gosh, I found this this week. I was so excited about this. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one in one accord in unity to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord saying, for he is good. 
For his mercy endures forever that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. We've been declaring that this new sanctuary would be finished, that it would be filled with people and it would be Full of the glory of God. We've been declaring it. And right here's the scripture that, that signs the check for us to have it. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the day that we cut the ribbon, slide that thing open, and we go marching in, the saints go marching into the new sanctuary. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could only get halfway in and we're out in the presence of God. Can no longer stand because the power and presence of God is so strong. Ooh, let's get in one accord. What did it say? They were singing in one accord. What if we got so full of God before we got here? If each one of us praised and worshipped our way in through the door so that when we got here, we were already, we were praising before the praise team could get up on the stage. What if we came in with that kind of fervor? We came in that kind of love, that kind of thanksgiving, that kind of praise to God. How, how do you think God would respond to that? I want the cloud. I want the glory cloud. I want the Shekinah glory. I want what Azusa Street had and more. Azusa Street, there was a, a mist and a cloud that was, the children used to play in it on Azusa Street. There's a great revival study at Azusa Street revival with uh, uh, Brother William Seymour. Um, the children would play in the mist and people would come in that were sick. They'd bring them in on stretchers and and beds, and as he would begin to the, the the anointing, he would he would put his, his pulpit was two chicken crates stacked on top of each other, and he'd get behind it and put his head in the crate. Sometimes he'd just sit with a box over his head until he could get the presence of God. And then when the presence of God came, he'd take the box off, or he'd come out from behind that chicken crate. And man, I'm telling you, he would begin to pray for people. Not even pray; he would just heal the sick. He said you could hear in, in the books and the things I've studied, you could hear bones popping and cracking and moving back into place. And people who were sick would get up and leave. People walking on the street outside of the building used to be a, a horse stable. They turned into a church. People walking outside on the brick streets would get healed, or they'd get so convicted of their sin they would have to come in and get saved. That's what I want. If God did it for before, he's no respecter of persons. He don't respect William Seymour more than he respects Sally Snow. Amen. So I believe, I believe God for his glory to fill. When we praise and we worship, what did it say? In one accord as one. But that means we got to come in already full with the worship. Could we just try this out next week? Could we just not let this this coming week, this Thanksgiving week, could we just not let it be all about turkey and cranberries and stuffing and green beans and, and pie and all? Could we let it be more about also praising and thanking God, keeping that balance straight so that by next week, next Sunday morning, I challenge you to get up an hour early and just begin to praise and worship God. Put on some praise music. Put on some worship music and begin to just praise and worship God and say, God, I'm coming to church with the rest of your saints and I'm just believing for the cloud. I'm believing for the glory. I'm believing for you to meet us in a way that we've never met you before. I want to see a side of you I've never seen before. God, I want you. If we came in with that in our hearts, what do you think God might do next week? Whoo! Number five, praise shifts the battle from you to God. It shifts the battle. I said this last week. I'll say it again. Shift happens. But you've got to shift the battle from you to God. Hebrews thirteen fifteen. Let us continually 
offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name, a sacrifice of praise. That means when I don't feel like it. Means when everything looks nothing like what God said and I shift into a sacrifice that, that, that shifts the battle. Praise shifts the battle from me to God. So we offer the sacrifice of praise. The very presence of God comes on the scenes and your enemies are turned back. First Chronicles 16.34 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. And say, Save us, O God, of our salvation. Gather us together and deliver us from the Gentiles to give thanks to Your holy name, to triumph in Your praise. So, okay, here's, here's the... I love that. To triumph in Your praise. Did y'all catch that? To triumph in Your praise. I'll triumph... As I praise, amen, I'll triumph in my praise, amen, in the praises of God, I will triumph, all right? So the most beautiful story of the battle belonging to God is the story of Jehoshaphat, who was the king of Judah. And Judah was a portion of Israel. And um, all of their enemies were coming against them. A huge army was coming against them to dispossess them from their land. It's going to be a terrible battle. Terrible battle. And they were, they were afraid. They didn't know what to do. And so Jehoshaphat, they told Jehoshaphat, they're, they're coming. So Jehoshaphat called a fast. He said, everybody seek, seek God. Seek his face with me. Let's seek God together and see, see what we can do. And so Jehoshaphat began to pray as all the people fasted and prayed. Um, Jehoshaphat stood up and he began to pray and he says this to him in Second Chronicles 20:12. And I think we need to do this much more ourselves, y'all. I think we may need to do this much more. We carry too much stuff to bed with us. We carry too much stuff in our bed and we sleep all night long. We wake up in the middle of the night and we can't sleep because of some things. Amen. That we're thinking on. But look, look at this. What he, what what Jehoshaphat said. He said, we have no power against, uh, we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. I don't have any power to change this on my own. Um, what else did he say? This, this thing that's coming against me, this great multitude, I have no power and I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. This is, this is, um, for you to do. So our eyes are upon you. So they stood before the Lord. And then finally, as, as Jehoshaphat is praying, the prophet stands up among, among all of them. And here's what he says in verse 15 and 16. Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. Come on. What are you facing today? What are you facing today? Is it a court case? Is it something you just don't know what to do about? Your money is not working. It's not, you don't have enough. You know, you're worried your car is going to, you know, what's happening? Second Chronicles 20, 15 through 16. Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. So the battle's not yours. It belongs to the Lord, but you still got to go against it. You still got to go against it. The battle is not yours. It belongs to God. But you still got to show up at the courthouse. You still got to show up at the bank. You still got to show up at the hospital. You still got to show up, amen, with your family. You still got to show up at the school. You still got to show up. The battle is not yours, but it's God's. But tomorrow, go down against them. Second Chronicles 2017, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. What? 
Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Still, they got to go out against them. Position yourselves. What's the position? (laughs) What's the position? That's the position. Just lift your hands up. The international sign of surrender is both hands up. I lift my hands up. I surrender in this situation and say, God, you're going to fight this battle for me. Amen. All right. Verse 18 and 19. It says, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. What did they do? They bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with what? Voices loud and high. That halal, get clamorous, get wild about it, like David did, dancing in his underwear down the road, carrying the presence of God back into Jerusalem. Get, just get clamorous about it. So we say they, they, they worshiped God, they praised God with voices loud and high. And now look at what he did. This is even more crazy. Verses 20 and 20, 21 and 22. He appointed those who should sing to the Lord and he, and who should Praise in the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, wait a minute. He sent the praise team out in front of the army. Does that make any sense to put the archers and the ones who could throw spears and the ones who've got shields and armor to put them at the back of the line and put the worshipers in the front? When the battle belongs to God, send Judah first. (laughs) Send the people of praise first. Send your praise first. The battle looks bad. Why don't you, instead of staying up all night and worrying, what if you just shifted and began to worship God? I'm telling you, you'll forget about the problem. So it don't make no sense. But God sent the worshipers out front. And look. And as they went out before the army, in front of the army, they sent the Tamars and the, and the, and, and the Kims and the singers all out in front of the mighty men, the big guys. Does that make any, let me get the big guys up here. Come on, let me get some big guys to come and stand right here. Come here, come here, come here, come here. Come here, come here, come here. Come here, some big guys. Big guys. Y'all stand two by two right here, right here, right here, right here. Two by two, facing this direction like you're getting ready to march through the wall this way. No, turn around, turn around, turn around. Y'all, come on. Good soldiers. Two by two. Two by two, two by two. Here, two by two. Get beside each other. There you go. We need one more big guy. One more big guy. There we go. One more big guy. Okay. All right. All right. Come here, Tamar. Come here, Kim. Come here, sweetie. Just because you're little. Come and stand in the front. Two by two. And you stand right in the very front because you're so teeny and cute. And y'all just lift y'all's hands in the front there. Look, that's how it looked. The big guys were behind the praisers. Why? Because we're not going to need none of them. All we need is a praise. And that moves the hand of God. Hallelujah. Give him some praise. Says this is what it says. It said, Appoint those who should praise in the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Say it. For his mercy endures forever. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. As they began to sing, 
For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Say it again. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Say it again. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. So whatever your problem is, whatever your battle is, you don't even need to fight. All you need to say is for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. It might just be that he's going to have some mercy on you in your situation. And I know he's good. So say it. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Come on, give him some praise as you go back to your seat. Thank you, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. And then Hebrews 13, 15 says, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name, giving thanks to his name. Giving thanks to his name. You got to know what the names of God are. Amen. You got to know who he is to you by what he calls himself. He's an advocate. He's the almighty. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and he's the end. He's the angel of the Lord. He's the anointed one. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the beginning. And he's the end. He's the bishop of souls. He's the branch. He's the bread of life. He's the bridegroom. He's the carpenter. He's the chief shepherd. He's the Christ, the comforter, the cornerstone, the day spring, the day star, deliverer, desire of nations. Emmanuel, God is with us. He's the end, the everlasting father, the faithful and true witness, the first fruits. He's the foundation and the fountain. He's the friend of sinners, the gate for the sheep, the gift of God, God Almighty, God all by Himself, glory of God, the Good Shepherd, the Governor, the Great Shepherd. He's the God. He's the head of the church. He's the high priest. He's the Holy One of Israel. He's the horn and the strength of our salvation. He is the great I Am. He says, I am Jehovah. I am Jesus, the King of Israel, the King of Kings, the Lamb of God, and the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the Lamb. Adam. He's the life. He's the light of the world. The lion. The Lord of lords. The master. The mediator. Messiah. Mighty God. Morning star. Nazarene. The omega. He's the Passover lamb. The lamb who takes away the sins of the world. He is the great physician. The potentate. He's the priest. The prince of peace. The prophet. The propitiation. The purifier. The rabbi. He's the ransom. The redeemer. The refiner. The refuge. Our resurrection. Our right He's the rock. He's the root and the offspring of David. He's the rose of Sharon, the ruler of God's creation. He is the sacrifice and he is the savior. He is the second Adam, the seed of Abraham, the seed of David, the seed of the woman. Come on, say it with me. He's the servant. Come on, say it with me. He's the shepherd. He's Shiloh. He's the son of David, the son of God, the son of man, the son of Mary, son of the most high. He is the stone that the builders rejected, but he's become the chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. He's the son of righteousness. He is the teacher. He is the truth. He is the way. He is the wonderful counselor, the word, and he is the vine. Hallelujah. Woo! You got to know who he is. You got to know how to call on his name. You got to know, you know, the, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and they are safe. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Can we just worship him? Stand to your feet right now and just begin to worship him. Come on, stand up and just worship him right now where you are. Come on and just call on his name. Call on, you know, when you don't know any other name to say, just say Jesus. 
Just say, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, you're worthy of our praise. So worthy, Lord. I don't even know that we could give a, a praise that is worthy of you. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah is the highest praise. Halal means praise. And, and luya means to God. Hallelujah means praises to God. Just say that word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yah is his name. Yah is his name. Yahweh. Jehovah. He's the El Shaddai, all-powerful, almighty God. He's the Elohim. He's the strong creator. He's the self-existent, eternal God who's revealing himself. He's Jehovah Jireh this morning. He is your provider. He is Jehovah Rapha. He's your healer. He's Jehovah Rohi. He is your shepherd and you shall not want. He leads you into the good, good pastures, the green pastures and by the still waters. He is Jehovah Makedesh. He is the Lord God, your sanctification. He's Jehovah Sidkenu. He is the Lord God, your righteousness. He's Jehovah Nisi. He is your banner of victory. Hallelujah. He is El Elyon. He is the Most High God. Glory to Hallelujah, Lord. We worship you. We praise you, God. We give you glory and honor and praise and adoration, Lord. We adore you. We worship you. We cast every care over onto you. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we send it from our lives and we put it in your hands. For we know the battle does not belong to us, God, but the battle belongs to you. And Lord, we just lift our hands as they did in Jehoshaphat's day and we say the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. So we declare your goodness. We declare your mercy. We declare your faithfulness. We declare your loving kindness. And your tender mercies are better than life. We declare, Lord God, that you got this. You got this. And I won't worry. We cast every anxiety, every care, every issue, every worry. We cast it over onto you for you care for us. Ah, we worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We give you praise and honor and glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory.